Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you want to help us tell more stories, check us out at patreon.com slash television, paypal.me slash television, or on Cash App at TSB Television. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another live edition of Miked Up Sports, the show that goes in depth with the people who build our sports community. And joining us is a future gopher, the third Minnesotan in the 2022 class who will be wearing the maroon and gold. And the second out of the late conference. Earlier in our virtual podcast series, we had Mallory Heyer and Nia Holloway on together. Well, joining them will be Mara Braun from Wyzetta High School. Mara making her verbal announcement a few days ago. We'll sign the NLI next year as a senior. One of many athletes around the state hoping to get back out there and illustrate why Minnesota came calling. But Mara, thanks for coming on. Congratulations on making the announcement and making that transition. So whatever happens, we know you'll get to play Division One in a couple of years. How much did your phone blow up when you made the announcement official? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I kind of was expecting it, but I mean, I put my phone down for a little bit after and I picked it back up and it it just, it kind of blew up. Um, but just the support I got from the state and a bunch of people commenting and texting me, it was pretty cool. And that, I mean, it kind of just showed why I made my decision because of all the support I had behind me. Did you have to recharge the battery? Or did it die on you, anything like that? No, it didn't, luckily, no. <laughs> what was... The process like in terms of decision making of course with the pandemic everything up in the air although we're inching closer to the proverbial finish line now with some vaccines rolling out that being said you uh, you and myself no one really knows how many games we'll get in this year how many schools were giving you an offer and what led you to commit to minnesota as a junior yeah i mean COVID made it tough. I kind of limited my list down to six um, to kind of get it to a manageable number before the season started. Um, And I actually was going to wait a little bit longer, but with COVID, I wasn't able to visit anywhere. Um, And it kind of got down to the point where I knew what I wanted. So I just decided to commit. Um, And that was out of respect for the other coaches too. Um, So I just felt it was the right time and kind of just went for it. How many schools were looking at adding you to the roster? Um, I think I, I had 12 offers. Um, I kind of, at the beginning of my recruitment, I knew I wanted to go power five. Um, so a lot of my offers were from Pac-12 and Big Ten. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, it came down to what was best for me and staying home was that. On that note, I'm sure you have been getting this question a lot over the last few days. I don't know how many people have interviewed you, but what led you to Minnesota? Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to say just the opportunity. Um, I mean, on and off the court. For one, I mean, the obvious of being being able to stay at home and play in front of everybody. Um, But then thinking about more than just basketball, that's also something that goes into the decision. And 
to be able to once I or when I'm done with basketball to be able to get a job. Um, Coach Way has a lot of resources and so does the the U. So that's also something I had to think about. Before we set this up, your father had told me that you were thinking of this moment going back to fourth grade. I'm not sure that if that's when you started playing basketball, but how surreal is it that a venue you've gone to, I'm sure you've heard about Lindsay Whalen, what she did at Minnesota, what she did in the WNBA. How surreal is it that you'll be playing for someone that you watched growing up? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I went to games, I've been to games ever since I was a kid, like you said, um, and just watching her play. I mean, I went to a couple of the WNBA finals too, the ones where it sold out at the barn. Um, so being able to see her perform at that level and then I always dreamt of playing on that floor and now it's gonna be um, real and it's becoming reality. So it's pretty special. And who knows if you can get through Hopkins in your section, you might get that chance to play at the barn before you uh, suit up in the brood and gold. We'll get to that yeah. in a minute. Uh, and I always go back to Lindsay and the Lynx winning their last championship at Williams Arena. Something that you couldn't make it up. If, if you wrote it into a movie, it might be one of those cheesy plot developments, but how cool was it I imagine for you, it must have been exciting to attend those games and see Waylon win her last title at the venue where she became a household name. You know, that, that's a game I'll never forget. Yeah. I mean, the environment, too, was something that I'd never been a part of, especially for women's basketball. So seeing what the barn, I mean, could hold in that energy, that's something that I wanted to be a part of. And hopefully at the U, once I get there, um, we'll be able to make that happen again. Now, a lot, of course, between now and then, and I always tell folks, no matter what, don't forget to have fun and make the most of it, because you probably are aware of this to an extent with Division One and professional sports. When you do well, things are great. When you don't, people can get antsy, but mm -hmm. there's more to this than your records and your stat line, and that's one reason I put this podcast series together. So if you don't mind, Mark, you spoke of the atmosphere, the sellout crowds, and it reminded me of that rivalry you have with Hopkins a couple of years ago when the late conference experimented with the boys girls doubleheaders before Buffalo and St. Michael Albertville joined the group. One of those doubleheaders, I think it was at Hopkins, standing room only crowd, I think you were a freshman that year, to see such a huge crowd and come in, it was standing room only for a regular season high school girls basketball game. That's not something you witness often. You spoke of the sellout crowds at Williams Arena, and I think it happened once or twice at Target Center for the Lynx, but that usually was game five of the finals. Here you are. This is just a regular game. Nothing's on the line, and a massive crowd is converging for the girls game, they stuck around to see your game. And with the intensity, the closeness of your rivalry with Hopkins, what did that mean for you to see all these people, thousands of people attend a girls basketball game? 
it was cool. And I think, I mean, obviously being able to play against Hopkins and Paige brings in a lot of that crowd too, but um, just the atmosphere and to be able to be in front of all those people. I mean, a ton of people came up to me after saying like, wow, did you see that crowd? And honestly, I didn't because I was so into the game, but just the noise behind, um, it was something like you just have to be um, on the floor to get that experience. And um, I'm kind of hoping going to the U will bring in that crowd again because um, I love playing in front of all those people. Not to mention, it's going to set you up with a rivalry of sorts with your former teammate and Annika Stewart over at Nebraska. So uh, have the two of you talked any smack yet or how's that dynamic working out? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of fresh me committing. So not yet, but I'm sure there will be some. I've been watching her play so far this season. It's, it's pretty cool to be able to see her play at the next level and soon I'll be playing against her. Well, you speak of the crowd and the following you hope to gather. Uh, mm -hmm. I know at least one fan who will be uh, watching out or looking out for you. Another conference rival now in Ken Hamry, who dropped a comment in our live stream saying, congrats on your verbal to the Gophers. Looking forward to watching you wear the maroon and gold. Yeah, thank you. Well, and he and I, we've talked over the years and big fan of the women's game and I guess another one, another former rival, I don't know if she's still with Eden Prairie, but Rudy Ruffin, that's something I wanted to explore. How did the two of you meet? What kind of rapport did you build and what you made of it? Because you had to play, you get to play Eden Prairie twice a season, but you know she would go to your section games since your section and Eden Prairie's play on different nights. And even when the two of you had to go against each other, there was this camaraderie. She is happy to have the opportunity to help mentor you. How did the two of you cross paths and how has your relationship strengthened over the years? Yeah, so we, I mean, we kind of met just through Wyzetta Girls Basketball. She played at Wyzetta. Um, and then she coached me actually my eighth grade travel year, seventh and eighth grade. Um, and we won a state championship my eighth grade year. Um, and we just kind of built a bond and she's been a great mentor to me. And so we've kept in touch. I mean, since, um, she's been a super good role model for me and obviously she's played the game. So she knows what she's talking about and just to be able to have her to go to, um, is really nice. What were those meetings like? I know she's coaching and you're playing. So it's not like you have to worry about going up against her, but when Wyzetta and EP faced off, what were those matchups like? I mean, they're always good games. Um, the EP is always, always has a good team. And I think this year will be extra fun and next year playing against Nia. Um, and I think it'll be cool for people to see both, both of us staying home, going to the U um, and still battling out in high school. And then we'll come together and play AAU together. Um, so yeah, like I said, the, they're always good games. Um, the Lake Conference is a really tough conference and probably the best conference in the state. Um, so you're always gonna get a good game. When STMA joined the group, I kind of leaned in that direction, looking at all of the schools, Hopkins and Wyzetta, Paige Beckers likened it to Duke UNC, Eden Prairie made it to state last year, St. Michael Albertville, 
they were a competitive team before joining the lake and now they get an even tougher schedule. Minnetonka's on the rise again. So Mara, I have to agree with your assessment. Of course, you know me, if there's a game I'll find (laughs) whatever game I'm covering is the biggest one of the year. And I'm always excited, but those late conference battles, they're fun. And as you alluded to, there is a lot of talent in that conference, in that group. And one of them, as you said, high school rivals, AAU teammates, because I think the two of you play for North Tartan, you and Nia. Did Nia have anything to say? And I know you've played against Mallory Heyer and Chaska as well as part of your schedule. Did those two have anything to say to you when you made the announcement or when they found out that you were going to be joining them? I mean, they are both super excited and I've known Nia, I got to know Nia over the past year um, because we will be teammates. Um, And then Mallory, I'll be able to play in both high school and AAU this year. Um, So I, I mean, they're both really excited and we're all, you know, we're all on a big team now playing at the U. Um, So it's, it's going to be really fun and just be able to play with and against them this year too. What do you make of all these Minnesotans staying home? We'll have two division one schools soon with St. Thomas, but for years, the running theme or the recurring storyline was all of the in-state talent going elsewhere. There's a lot that factors into what college an athlete decides to attend. And no matter where they go, for me, I try to make a big deal out of it because it's a big accomplishment for athletes like yourself to get that opportunity. But what do you think it is where We have three notable names in your class, the 2022 class, and they're all going to stay close to home. Yeah. Well, like you said, there was a time period where not a lot of Minnesota players stayed at home. And um, I think now with us three committed and obviously the two in the class above, um, we're kind of getting back to back when Coach Way and and Coach Roisland were on the same team. Um, so I think just us all committing now, we're going to be, you know, kind of building a team. And so hopefully the future will realize that staying at home is, is the best idea. Um, and I think we're all going to create something pretty special. One thing's for sure, Rudy might become a season ticket holder between one of her own players <laughs> in Nia Holloway yeah. and yourself from traveling leagues, uh, I think you're going to have at least one fan (laughs) attending your games. I've joked that I'm going to have to save up for tickets uh, in a couple of years, or I might have to find a way to get a press credential again. I covered the Gophers for a few years before I focus more on the prep scene. In a year or two from now, it's going to be rough. (laughs) Why are you doing this to me, Mara? (laughs) I, I tease, of course. Do you recall the first moment where you had an interest, the first moment, the first time you got hooked on the sport of basketball? Uh, I mean, it kind of brings me back to when I was younger, probably first, second grade playing, playing carpet league um, in the elementary schools. My dad was my coach growing up um, and I always was around basketball. My brother played, so I was always in the gym as a kid and I just grew to love it and I played other sports and I still do, but basketball is the one that kind of is my 
passion and what I love, and that's why I'm playing college basketball, obviously. For those not to know, what is Carpet League? <laughs> well, for me, it was playing um, in elementary schools. There wasn't any hardwood or even rubber. Um, it was the carpet that when you fell, it just skidded. Oh, it, yeah, brings back memories. How many skid marks did you end up with in those Carpet League days? Probably a lot. <laughs> and you're still in one piece. Uh, no wonder why you're going to Minnesota. You've got a durable, <laughs> tough body that can withstand a few scrapes. Over time, as you evolved from the Carpet Leagues, I guess for me, how exciting was it to play that first game on rubber or hardwood where you didn't have to worry about roughing up your knees or any yeah. other part of your body? I mean, it's cool just being able to say I've played basketball for this long and now playing college basketball on, you know, the floor of Minnesota. It's going to be pretty fun. And in your head, you're probably going, man, I've come a long way since those carpet yeah. days. All of those floor burns were worth it. Yep, exactly. And then you made your way through the YZ program, as you touched on earlier with Rudy being one of your mentors, and I'm sure there were others involved as well. What led you to YZ and how do you think the culture that was brewing at the time Because for a while, they, I know when Rudy played YZ, they were a strong team. Then they had some down years, but over the last few years, if it wasn't for you and Hopkins being in the same section, you could make the argument that the two of you would face off in the state tournament, but you know, you don't have control over that, of course. Uh, but how do you think Wyzetta's pedigree, how do you think that rubbed off on you seeing what they were building and now being a part of that the last couple of years? Yeah. Um, Minnesota or Wyzetta has had a lot of good talent that's come through the program and a lot of girls that are playing division one basketball um, so just being able to kind of have those role models above me um, has kind of made it more, I mean, I've kind of realized that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to um, kind of follow in their path and play division one basketball too. And I think the program of YZ, we've gotten really close with the youth too. And that's also one of the reasons I wanted to stay home was to be able to continue those relationships. Cause I think the girls, I mean, hopefully look up to me and, I love seeing them at games. So to be able to see them still um, at games when I'm at the barn is going to be fun for me to see. Who are the players, coaches, or figures in basketball? Who are the people you looked up to that you idolized when you were growing up from mm -hmm. your carpet league days through the traveling leagues at YZ? Um, I mean, growing up, at YZ, I was always at games, whether that was on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday night, um, looking up to some of those players. And I think the names that people would more recognize now, like Callie Tyson at South Dakota State and Mimi Schrader at Navy, um, and then even Ani at Nebraska. Um, I think those are all good examples of people that I looked up to and who are now playing at the next level. Um, and that's now where I'm going to be too. So it's, it's pretty cool how it all kind of comes back to one. Were there any players at the college or pro level that you looked up to when you were a young basketball player? I mean, Coach Malin, obviously. 
um, watching her grow, watching her while I was growing up. Um, I, it's funny. I talked to my dad about that a couple of days ago and how I was younger going to those games. And he basically said, if coach way is the coach at Minnesota, um, would you go there? And I was like, absolutely. And it's funny how that works. Cause I mean, here I am. Right. It's one of those things in passing because when Waylon took the job, didn't have a whole lot of experience. It wasn't something that I expected, uh, but here she is years later and it's taken a little while, but we're seeing a lot of the in-state kids take notice. And I think it owes to the fact that so many of you have memories of watching her. Even for me, I've got something of a Lindsay Whalen story because she played a part in helping me develop my interest in women's basketball. When her Gophers team made the final four back in 2004 and they were the talk of the town, which yep. you know didn't happen often for women's sports. And then the links followed a few years later. And now here I am, I can't get away from it. And it's become the most popular sport on my channel, which still surprises me, but a lot of folks out there like the women's game. So I'll keep coming back if you guys want me. Do you remember the first time you suited up for YZ in a varsity game? Yeah. Um, so freshman year, I'd actually, I didn't start right away. Um, I came off the bench. Um, and I think that need to be able to build that confidence and for the coach coaches to build confidence in me, become a starter. Um, and just being young and being able to get that experience, um, obviously jumping into Hopkins games and being able to perform um, also really helped me. And I think it's all just, it's just helped me get to this point and be able to move on to the next level, um, which I guess started playing freshman year. And it's safe to say you have grown a lot since your first game in that freshman year. Over time, how would you say you fit into the program? We know Wyzetta, they play tough. They're one of the top teams in the state. So to get through you guys is not an easy thing to do. You play a part in that. How would you say you've evolved as an athlete since your first varsity game? I mean, a lot. I think I've just become more of a versatile player too and being able to um like I, I talk about being a three-level scorer and being kind of hard and I try to be hard to guard um but then also on defense just being active and I think um YZ takes a lot of pride in being the team that everyone wants to be um and we know that going into each season um that we have the target on our backs and um which is good and it you know kind of builds character too so I think just being at Wyzetta and getting that experience, like I said, is only going to prepare me. And when I started doing some Wyzetta games and learned a little more about the history and what your success, what the investment has resulted for you and your team, I remember a conversation about attendance growing as Wyzetta moved their way up the rankings and proved that they could hang with the top teams in the state. Those battles with Hopkins, the mm -hmm. section games, those section finals are usually close. And 
the first regular season meeting you had last year, also a close one. I think there's a reason why at least one of those games gets televised every year. But what would you make of the support surrounding Wyzetta? We get Hopkins, of course, gets a lot of the attention. Uh, but you and some other teams, but I think if the Trojans as an example that if you put in the work and put out a good product, people will notice. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you kind of said, the, the love for women's basketball is just becoming to grow bigger and bigger. And people are seeing that, you know, like the crowds that we've gotten, um, people are seeing that and saying, wow, like this is pretty cool. And um, I think just being able to join some of other Minnesotans at home and continue, continuing to get that crowd um, will just keep the love for Minnesota or women's basketball, Minnesota basketball growing. You spoke of how tough the late conference is and it doesn't look to change anytime soon with the talent throughout that conference, whether it's Tessa Johnson at STMA, all the younger Hopkins kids making their way up, you know, Wyzetta yourself. And there's a few others I can't think of at the moment. Eden Prairie has a lot of young talent too. Minnetonka has some all the way down the list you know you're going to get a pretty solid matchup every time you have a conference game. What do you make of the rivalries over the years that you've gotten to experience against Hopkins, the new kid on the block in STMA, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, all of these schools with state tournament championships or appearances where other conferences you might have one or two schools and then the talent level drops off in the lake. There might be favorites, but there's no clear runaway. If you don't bring your a game, one of those other schools might sneak in and pull off a surprise. Well, I mean, like I said, the, the talent is really, and like you said, the talent is really good at in the lake conference and it just seems to keep growing. Um, so you're always going to get a game and you have to be prepared and you have to be focused. Um, and I think that's just going to prepare me, like I said, for the future. And I know a lot of my AAU teammates, they go back to high school and they don't really have competition. And for me, being able to play competitive basketball year round is really going to help me. Um, and it just seems like there's always good players, whatever team I'm playing, I have to be ready to go. Um, and especially now being committed, um, I have to be extra focused each game. I almost forgot. I should mention Jenna Johnson. I'm like, how in the world did I forget her? We were just talking about her beforehand, who was going to Utah in the PAC 12. What does it mean for you to continue that pedigree at YZ as you mentioned, several Division One athletes have come out of that school over the last few years. Tyson at South Dakota State, Mimi Schrader at Navy, Annika Stewart starting her college career at Nebraska. Jenna Johnson's going to go to Utah. You're going to Minnesota. So why is that a, not a flash in the pan for anyone who's thinking if you're legit or not? What does that mean for you to add your name to that list? It's cool. Um, like I said, I always looked up to those players and 
to be able to do what they're doing now and to play college basketball, um, it's cool. And for, you know, like I said, the youth to be able to look up to us and see that it, you know, it can become real um, and it's become real pretty fast. But for them to just see that, you know, if you keep working at it and once you get to that varsity level, you'll get opportunities to play college basketball. Now you can go to the late conference or outside of it. I'll let you answer this how you see fit, but who do you enjoy playing against? Uh, you talk about all the tough late conference opponents you have to battle every season. Why is that uh, they schedule tough outside the conference too? They have an annual series with Park Center, an annual series with Stillwater, which always comes down to one or two points in those first couple of meetings. So who are the teams, the players that you look forward to matching up against on the schedule? Um, well, I mean, my favorite games are always the Hopkins games. Um, and obviously playing against Paige, we all know she's a really good player. Um, and she's only made me a better player too, just to be able to see what kind of my future is going to look like um, playing against top players like that. Um, but I mean, also there's a ton of talent in the state. So I feel like whatever team we have on the schedule, there's going to be some really good players that'll probably play division one too. Um, so I think that's kind of a tough question because there's a lot of good talent. Well, that's okay if it's a tough question because there is no one right answer or wrong answer. <laughs> but you spoke of Hopkins and one of your best games of last season came against Hopkins, or two of them, I should say, when you met against them in Valentine's Day. Hopkins won that one, but then you battled again in the section final and you find a way. You said Paige and the rest of her crew made you a better player and you dropped 29, 27 on them, even though you didn't get the win. What is it about them that you think helped you grow as an athlete to the point where you're taking them on and you're proving you can hang out that you belong in that conversation? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a bummer that, you know, we keep, I feel like we just, um, we fall short every time and it's, we're putting up a, a good fight. And I know going in those games, I have to perform because of the players that I'm playing against. Um, they're top, top players and Paige being a top player in the country. And there's a lot of division one players on that team. So um, just coming out knowing I have to perform and do my best for the team. Um, and then however the game finishes, that's how it goes. But we just, we've had to learn from all those games and prepare ourselves and the team for next season, for this upcoming season, I guess. If you were to draft a scouting report, what would you have to say about your future college teammates in Mallory Heyer and Nia Holloway? You play Chaska every season out of conference. You play EP twice being in the conference. Now that you know you're all going to share those talents, uh, how hard is it to go against them? It's tough and they're just becoming better too. Um, I mean, we're all preparing now for the future and playing together. Um, they're just, they're both really athletic. Um, they're versatile. So it's, I mean, it's tough to guard either one of them. And I think that's a good thing, just knowing that going into college, um, We'll just, I mean, we're going to be the best we can if we all just come together and share our talents. I'm sure you won't have a problem sharing those talents. Uh, you touched on this. 
what does that add knowing you will get to face them in AAU or for a couple more years, you'll get a chance to polish your game against the likes of them. And likewise, they can do so with you. What do you think that's going to add to some of those rivalries these next couple of years? Um, I mean, whether it's high school or AAU, I feel like rivalries, rivalries are always building. Um, and there's different ones compared to the seasons. I think North Turn, obviously, we have a really big rivalry with Fury and Stars. And there's always, I mean, a ton of Division One players on both teams during those games. And then, like we've talked about, the Lake Conference, um, all the Division One players in Lake Conference. Um, so I think, I mean, there's always the tough games and there's always those games that I look forward to because I know that the competition is going to be top level. Well, I happened to see some video not too long ago, Nia Holloway working on her vertical in hopes of dunking at one point. Now, I don't know if you're going to be the primary ball handler when you get to Minnesota, but I could see you throwing some alley-oops perhaps to Nia and who knows, maybe you'll get the vertical yourself and throw it down at the barn. Yeah, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty cool. And Mallory, I know, talked about extending her game. And my first memory of her was seeing her get a game winner as a freshman against Farmington, another top team in class 4A. So I, I think the three of you are going to get along just fine. I think so, too. <laughs> Something I read about you since we spoke of the people who were involved in your development, including Rudy, over the last couple of years, you've taken on that role as a trainer and a coach for younger players. So what exactly are you involved in and how do you think that has helped you develop leadership skills? Yeah, um, over the past couple of summers, I've worked with some kids, um, whether that's in my backyard or out at a park or something, just to be able to, I think it's more than just becoming better basketball players for them. It's the um, relationship with me and with an older basketball player. Um, I think that's really important. And I've also been involved with the traveling program. Um, there's a couple teams that I work with during their seasons. Um, obviously we had to cut short with COVID, but I went to a few of their practices. And like I said, just the relationships to be able to build with them. And now they can see me play at the college level. And I know a ton of them want to be able to get there too. Um, so I just think, I, I think it's really important to be involved with the youth program. What do you think that says about you becoming a role model after having several of your own from Lindsey Whalen in the pros to Callie Tyson and the recently graduated Annika Stewart, Mimi Schrader, you grew up seeing them put together this solid program. Now you will be looked upon with all of the Gophers fans and the kids you train and others they might, you know, maybe they have dreams of making the U someday and seeing you in that maroon and gold, I'm sure will further inspire them. So with all of that, how do you think the training, your commitment to Minnesota, how is that playing into your developing status as a role model? Yeah. Um, I mean, it just shows that it's more than basketball to be able to be um, a role model for those kids is something that I take pride in because I know when I was growing up, I was always looking up to the older girls and just wanting to be just like them. So I hope I'm like that for the youth. Um, 
and going to the U, being able to stay at home and staying close for all these kids to be able to go to games and say that, you know, they worked with me during their season or in the summer, whatever it is, um, for them to be able to, you know, have me as a role model. Um, I think that's, that's pretty cool. And it's something that I want to keep doing. And your status as a guide and a mentor for the next generation of athletes and leaders extends beyond the field of sports. I understand mm -hmm. you have been participating in Club Unified at YZ, which is a program that helps special education students pair up with other students. So what exactly is that? What led you to get involved? And what do you enjoy most about participating in that group? Yeah. Um, so freshman year, I joined it. Mimi Schrader was actually the president of it. And so she really encouraged us. And it's something that I've always been involved with. My uncle actually had special needs too. Um, so it's something growing up, um, it's just a part of me and it's something I like to do and to be able to, you know, kind of give back and you get a whole new perspective on life and just, you kind of just live in the moment when I was in a gym class um, with a bunch of the special ed kids. And like I said, it just, you're in the moment and it gives you a whole new look at life. And um, it's pretty cool and it's special to me and to my family. Having an uncle with special needs and then working with students who have special needs. You spoke of the perspective it offered you. What are some of the things you've learned and some of the things you hope others can learn if they take up a program like Club Unified or encounter anyone with special needs as we're learning more about it? What have you learned and what do you think others could learn from that experience? Yeah, um, I've created some really good friendships with some of some of the kids and um, I think just you have to get the experience and I encourage it for anyone. I think there's a lot of programs out there and um, you create relationships and you kind of get to know the kids and you have a lot of similarities more than people would think. Um, and it's just, you know, it's taught me a lot that there's a lot more to life and you kind of just have to live in the moment and um, I just, I guess I just encourage it a lot if people are thinking about joining the class or whatever it might be. Are there any moments or stories that you would be willing to share with your participation in Club Unified that left an imprint on you when these special education students got a chance to see you and connect with you? Um, I think, I mean, there's a lot. It's hard to pick just one, but I think over the span, I was in the class for, I think it was about nine weeks and just to see the development of each kid and get to know them and, you know, what they like to do and what they don't like to do um, and kind of digging in deeper with each kid and just seeing how they grow over those nine weeks. Um, it's pretty cool. And they're just, they become more comfortable with you and you become more comfortable with them. And you create friendships and it's it's sad to be able to end the class but it's like when you see them in the hallway or wherever it might be it's pretty cool to be able to say hi and um, kind of catch up so even when the class ends those friendships don't and mm -hmm. what you said i think speaks highly to that community Mm -hmm. There are some differences. I'm sure you've experienced some things that you might not see in practices or at games when you're talking to people, but 
as you spoke of, there really aren't a lot of differences or as many as we think there are. And if you're willing to show a little patience, persistence, uh, understand that maybe they have a different way of communicating or they have a different outlook or perspective on things, you can grow and develop bonds that I'm going to say uh, for you will last a lifetime when you're walking the halls or when it's safe to attend classes again. And these students remember you from that nine week program. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. And if that wasn't enough, when you're not hooping it up and offering a kind gesture to the special education community, you also participate in track. Yep. So that gives you another commonality with Nia Holloway. So in the spring, you're having to balance AAU and the track season. The one difference is Nia is more of a sprinter. You do the high jump and long jump. What led you into track and what do you enjoy most out of it to take up a sport where you don't have to worry about rankings or college commitments? But I presume it still helps you stay active in the off season. Yeah, um, it's fun. I wanted to try it out freshman year. My dad did track in high school, and so he encouraged it. And um, my track coaches, I'm very lucky. They're very good about me with AAU, too, and being kind of, I mean, I guess kind of concerned. Or, well, not concerned, but you know what I mean, um, with AAU and not, you know, not tiring my legs out too much. And so it's just kind of just a thing to do um, and stay active, like you said. Um, and I just, I like it, I enjoy it. Like you said, I don't have to worry about rankings or where I'm going to college. I mean, I do track with a bunch of my basketball teammates too. And to be able to see girls that I play against in basketball doing track, um, it kind of all brings that community back together. How do you think your participation in high jump and long jump, we may not think of a crossover between that and basketball compared to a sprint event, for example, but how do you think your high jump and long jump experience carries over? Um, I mean, I think it does a lot um, for basketball. Just, I mean, jumping is important in basketball and to be able to become stronger in that way um, also helps. And the training that I do with track, I do, I mean, I do more than just jumping. We do a lot of sprints and stuff like that. And so, um, I think it does help with, it helps a lot in the community that I've become close with for track. It's fun too. And being a part of true team, um, that's always something to look forward to. And I mean, it's sad. I've, I only competed freshman year, um, but hopefully this year we'll be able to get back out there. And um, it's just, it's something that you'll remember from your high school career. Absolutely. I've covered the true team meet a couple of years for mile splits and that mm -hmm. event, the Hamlin elite meet. I look forward to those every year when I don't have a twins overlap. Because, mm -hmm. uh, well, when you work for major league baseball, it, it's hard to resist working at target field too, but I digress. Uh, but I know those are big events and a true team just as intense and competitive as the state meet. And all of that leads me to believe that I could see you throwing it down with Nia Holloway in a couple of years because you're working on your vertical, as you said, with your legs and lower body strength. I could see you going sky high, <laughs> grabbing those rebounds or getting yep. those putback slams. Yep. You, so 
I, this is all part of your plan, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You got me. Now, you do a lot with Basketball Club Unified Track, but I'm wondering, are there any interests or hobbies or activities that you take up that people wouldn't necessarily know about if they met you for the first time? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, basketball is a big part of my life, but like you said, there's other things like Club Unified. Also, I mean, if we had a regular year, that would go on to weekends and I'm involved um, doing activities like that on weekends. And, but I think other than that, I'm with my teammates a lot. I mean, I have a ton of really close friends I've met with basketball. And so, you know, we like to hang out and I hang out with family and luckily my grandparents are close by. So I see them a bunch, but um, I'm kind of a person that likes to be around people. So if I'm not playing basketball or doing school or whatever it might be, I'm always with, I'm always with friends or family. Mara, you can answer this question any way you'd like, but throughout your athletic career, what would you say is the most exciting moment and the most embarrassing moment that you've had? Oh, embarrassing. And I would have to go with, there was a time in a travel game where I did, um, I went on the wrong, and that's embarrassing. Um, yeah, the parents, they were cheering on the other team and I was a little embarrassed, but um, I mean, best moments, like I've talked about, were the Hopkins games. I'm also winning the eighth grade state championship. Um, I wasn't able to play high school in eighth grade, so I knew I wanted to win a state championship to make it worth it. Um, but I mean, by far the best has been the last section game, selling that out, that environment. Um, I think that'll be my favorite moment for a long time. At least until you win a section final, right? Yes. We'll see what happens, of course, because Section 6, uh, that won't be easy. I know St. Louis Park, they bolstered their roster a bit, too. So uh, there's some tough competition in that group. And just to clarify, because your signal cut off for a moment, you said, did you score on another team's basket? Yeah. Wasn't my best moment. <laughs> Probably not, but it gives you a shared distinction with Swin Cash, believe it or not. <laughs> and I'll explain in a game against UCLA when she was at UConn, she rebounded a missed free throw and went right back up with it and scored on UCLA's basket. I think the clip is still on YouTube. Of course, yeah. she was terrified. Gino and everybody else were laughing because it's one of those moments like, did that just happen? And you just <laughs> sometimes you sometimes just have to bow to the absurd. <laughs> Uh, so you're not the only one to score on the other team's hoop. I think actually I had the Hopkins team or several of their players on and one of them did the same thing in her <laughs> younger days. So I think it happens more often than we realize, but yeah, probably now was this in a traveling game? I'm guessing this didn't happen in the high school. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was young. And so what were you thinking then? <laughs> were you just that eager to score? Or did you see it open I late? Guess, I guess so. I think it was out of a timeout. I don't know. But I guess I was excited or something. Well, I think we can say you've come a long way since then. And I'm guessing ever since that moment, you've made sure you know what direction you're supposed to be going in. There you go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's a an amusing one and 
I don't get to cover a lot of section games because they overlap and being the basketball fan that I am, I've covered section four the last couple of years over in Stillwater. And then I went to the section two final as a fan for the first time and EP and Chaska had a sold out crowd, hmm. which surprised me. But again, it just speaks to this movement toward women's basketball, the WNBA orange hoodie, another part of that. So, uh, the, the longer you hang around, the more moments that are out there to remind you that the women's game is not to be messed with or taken lightly or, or folks like yourself are going to go sky high and mm -hmm. throw it down. Or, or I know what mm -hmm. you do. You would find a way to trick <laughs> some wannabe and make them score in the wrong basket. Yeah. <laughs> Looking ahead, what are you most excited about this journey? You spoke of how much you're looking forward to playing at the barn, wearing the maroon and gold and being a part of a team you once cheered for as a mm -hmm. younger version of yourself. What are you looking forward to as you get to continue this journey for the next few years? Um, I mean, it's exciting. And like I said before, it, I mean, it was always a dream growing up and now for it to become reality. Um, but before I get there, there's still a lot of work that's that's needed to be done um, at YZ and I think there's a lot of things that we still want to want to accomplish so I think that's the first step and then I'll you know I'll have to I'll worry about playing at the U next but um, it's all pretty exciting to be able to kind of have my future lined up um, I guess you could say. Well that is an astute game plan Mara as <laughs> far as looking ahead but looking at the impact you've already had at YZ, having a sensational sophomore season that included some terrific performances against Hopkins, making your way to varsity in ninth grade, winning that traveling league state championship, I believe, in eighth grade because you couldn't play on varsity yet. Uh, so you found a way to get some hardware, but no matter what, you've already made a tremendous impact for yourself and the school. What does that mean for you as you reflect on this journey, these travels that you've had so far? Um, yeah, I think I've just been prepared really well, um, whether that was at YZ or starting um, to play in AAU, I was always given the chance to play a year older. And I think that's also prepared me playing against bigger, stronger players. Um, so I think just being, I guess how well-prepared I've been by a lot of different people um, has gotten me to this point. And I'm just excited to finish it out and then kind of get to perform on the big floor for um, the state. So what do you think that next conversation is going to be like with yourself and Rudy when the two of you get to meet again? Because I'm sure she'll find a way to attend some more of your games either this winter or next winter. Uh, what do you think <laughs> that's going to be like? Um, well, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some smack talk I'm playing against the Lake Conference, I guess, even Prairie in the Lake Conference. And with Nia, I know there's going to be some smack talk, but it's all out of love and to be able to be teammates with her and realize that, I mean, after the game's over is going to be pretty cool. Mara, do you think you can find a way to get me a seat the next time YZ and Eden Prairie meet? Uh, because now with two future Gophers going at it, I, I might have to make my way over there. <laughs> yeah, I'll get one reserved. Don't worry. All right. Uh, I think you know me. I love to call the games. Uh, yeah. And just because I like to share these stories, like 
I've been sharing yours over the last hour. Mara, is there anything else you'd like to add about your journey, your story, or your background that we haven't touched on? Um, you know, I don't think so. I think we've kind of talked about everything, but um, I mean, I've, like I said, I've thanked a lot of people that have been a part of my journey and for it to continue um, at Minnesota is a dream can come true. And so I'm just excited and I'm excited, hopefully start basketball in the next week, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's all I got to say. Well, I'm hoping we can get back soon. And as I said before, this pandemic, everything has taught me a lot about patience at least we're closer to the finish line than we were in the spring. So we know okay. there will be an end point. We just gotta ride this out a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, if you're able to reserve a spot because I've enjoyed going to Wyzetta, well, there isn't a place I don't enjoy going to. For one, nobody has punched me in the face yet. That helps, but uh, no, just get going around and just building a rapport that started with the Tizens actually. Uh, when I did a Wyzetta Park Center game a couple of years ago that the Trojans won in overtime and then just seeing Wyzetta turn into this bona fide contender in the state, in the section. And I just hope I can continue developing that rapport. Your dad and I, we talk quite a bit uh, when we cross paths and I got to learn of uh, the folks running the Wyzetta Girls Basketball Association, you know, some pretty big names and some dedicated individuals. So Wyzetta, I don't think you could lump them into any single sport, but the sports they do well and they take seriously, whether it's girls basketball, football, track, you name it, at Wyzetta, they make sure to bring some solid athletes. And I'm glad that you're a part of that. And I'm glad I've had the chance to see you grow over the years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's always fun seeing you at games and I know we all appreciate the games that you cover and like you've gotten to know my dad. And I think it's pretty cool that we can all be part of like one community for women's basketball. Well, that's what keeps me coming back is getting to know athletes like yourself, getting a chance to see the next generation of leaders uh, I watched a little bit of Paige Beckers in her first college game, and it was a bit surreal for me because the broadcaster for that game is someone I grew up listening to when he was calling NASCAR races for NBC, Alan Bestwick. And so for me, it just sparked my own memory. For you, it probably brings back other memories. We all knew Paige was going to have a bright future. And then to see a push notification on her first bucket, it's like, that's probably going to be, that won't be the last time we hear about it. But all of these relationships, uh, learning about you and the work you do outside of basketball and how your involvement with special education students has enlightened you in ways mm -hmm. you didn't realize mm -hmm. and hitting it up with your father or other people in the YZ program, whether it was the Tizens or uh, getting to meet some others, uh, getting a chance to share a little bit about Jenna Johnson and Annika Stewart who are stoic individuals, but you guys don't forget to have fun too. And I always know when I get the chance to cover YZ, there's going to be a show. So like I said, if you can reserve a spot for <laughs> that YZ EP game, I mean, I would do Hopkins too, if uh, CCX isn't doing it. So I'm not too picky, but 
being a Gophers graduate, and even if you didn't go to Minnesota, I would, I'd find an excuse to cover you anyway, <laughs> because <laughs> going back to what I said, it's your journey. And the most important thing is you get that opportunity to play at the next level and make an impact for whatever community you represent. I'm glad it's at Minnesota, but if it were Wisconsin or Yukon, I would be just as excited knowing that you're going to have more moments ahead. So Mara, I wish nothing but a gluttony of memorable moments for you as you continue at YZ. And I can't wait to see you in a couple of years at Williams Arena. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. And hopefully I'll see you pretty soon at some games. Once we get the green light, I'm sure you will. I'll right. find a way. <laughs> well, Mara Braun of Wyzetta High School, hopefully you will see her this winter. And if not, you'll definitely see her in the blue and gold next season for the Wyzetta Trojans before she makes that jump to the maroon and gold at the U of M. Thanks again, Mara, and best of luck. Happy holidays, and I can't wait to see you get some buckets again. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. And if you want to be a guest for a future episode of this podcast series, just hit us up on social media at the Mike Peden on Twitter or Instagram. All you need is a story and we'd be happy to share it. So thanks to everyone who tuned in until next time. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSB television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Mike'd Up Sports, the home game.